everybody. Welcome to another edition of Tunnel Vision. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, publisher of USCFootball.com, and I'm joined by Keely Yor. How are you doing, Keely? Hello, hello. Glad to be back on Tunnel Vision. We took a week off, but we're back. Excited. We have yeah. things to talk about. We are. We got things to talk about. We also have Shotgun Spratling over there. Uh, over there. Shotgun, how are you? Hi. Hi, friends. It's good to <laughs> see you once again. So we didn't get to see you. You've got a pretty glorious beard on going on right now. Okay, I'm surrounded by Neanderthals this episode. Both of you, the beard is just incredible. It's crazy. He, he's got a much fuller beard than uh, than I do. But I think my, has the the wisdom, the white hairs. There's mine's yeah. multicolored. It's it's yeah. very strange. I pulled out a hair the other day that was you know a good inch or so long, and wow. it was three different colors. You know, nice. it was red on one end, black on one end, uh, black in the middle, and white on one end. So. Who knows Shepherd. what's going on with this thing? Yeah, yours is a lot fuller than mine. I, pro- I think I've grown it since the last time we did a show, which was uh, two weeks ago. But I don't know, just coronavirus quarantine, it seems like the thing to do, grow a beard. But um, yeah, it's fun. Well, we're going to, so our show is live on YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope. I believe it's on Facebook, guys, right? It's, is, it, is that working? Yes, I will be double checking though. Nice. Uh, so you can put your comments on any of those platforms. I have YouTube and Facebook up here. Hopefully I can... Put those on the screen, and Keely or Shotgun can check out Periscope, too. Uh, we're also taking live calls, uh, 512 tunnel If you'd like to uh, get on the show, we can take a call that way. Hopefully, that works all right. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about. USC, the recruiting momentum continues, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Picked up a commitment a little bit earlier today. This one, Pacific Northwest uh, up there. Dante Williams doing some more work. Uh, we'll also talk about the uh, support staff hires. Uh, Keely and Shotgun both talked about this a little bit. Uh, a couple of video uh, producers that are coming to USC uh, from LSU, if you saw some of their stuff. I probably should have put some of those videos in here, but I didn't. But they got some really cool stuff. So you want to check that out. And we got to talk about Reggie Bush, Free Reggie. Uh, the Athletic did a, a, an interesting piece on him talking about you know, pretty in-depth stuff, what Reggie was talking about as far as the name, image, and likeness uh, l- rule changes that are apparently going to happen from the NCAA, which would have affected him. And he's one of those players that probably could have made uh, millions back in the day, at least according to the articles. We'll talk about all that stuff. How how are you guys holding up in the the quarantine? Keely, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing well. I think now I'm having anxiety of getting out of quarantine. I have a routine. I'm kind of just used to it. The only thing, I really want to get back in the studio. I just want to host. I want to be normal again podcast normally i think that's the real thing i want which you i guess do. makes me lame but she would be sitting here i would yes. i would be there and shotgun would be there um yeah. yes we want you back too so Thank uh you. how about Thank you shotgun how are you holding up i, I think keely mostly wants to be back because she doesn't want you to be producing anymore. <laughs> i think yeah. that's what it might be maybe she, no comment that's all i'm gonna say host, yeah so i've had to do a bunch of these we had uh brandon sosna uh in last week so it's definitely not easy when you got to do all the, you know, like camera angles and stuff all at once and do the only hosting thing. So it would be great to have you back 
here, Keely. I would we, love to be back. It's like, we appreciate what you do. Just like we appreciate, you know, the parents out there that are teaching their kids at home. They appreciate teachers more now. We definitely appreciate uh, everything you bring to the table, but it uh, should be an interesting show. Um, I'm sorry that we're doing this one a little bit later, especially for our East Coast people. Full disclosure, I played golf today. That's why I'm doing it later. <laughs> so that's, you know, I've, I've played more golf during the, the quarantine than I have like before. So it's like, it's the perfect social distance sport. You just walk around by yourself out in the park, basically. So How'd you uh, do? That's the real question. Pretty good. Yeah. I've, the last three rounds I've did good. Not today was a little tougher, but we played uh, Los Verdes, which is right on the ocean. Beautiful Ooh. course. So LA just opened. You used, to, used to have to go to Ventura County or Orange County. Uh, Friday, uh, LA County opened up. So courses are starting to open up in Los Angeles. And uh, Los Verdes is an amazing course. It's cheap. It's in Palos Verdes on the ocean. Usually takes you six hours because it's just now wow. they don't let you... They, they, it, it, we ran through it because they don't let people, they don't let as many people on. Mm. You have to walk. It's great. Like, yeah, it's like better golfing now than before. Um, so it's good. Yeah. So, you know, encourage that stuff. Um, but let's start off at the top uh, talking about, uh, you know, USC picked up a commitment today. Um, so it's, uh, I'll put the, the graphic up there. Uh, Julian Simon. So he's a athlete, probably going to end up being a linebacker um, from up in the uh, Lincoln, Washington area. Um, four-star kid, uh, just another guy, you know, Dante Williams doing good work. You can see, see him there. Um, just, he's been uh, relentless recruiting. Uh, maybe shot, start with you, Shotgun, and uh, get your thoughts on uh, this new commitment. You know, I, I haven't seen Julian Simon play in person. Uh, you know, he's listed as an athlete. USC is looking at him as a linebacker. He's a, you know, a big, strong guy. Um, I'm curious to see his instincts when I see him in person or see a little bit more tape of him you know, full game tape rather than just highlights uh, and, and being able to see what he can do when, you know, football gets back. You know, but it's just another continuation of the recruiting momentum that USC has built, uh, that they're able to get another defender, another four-star defender. We talked about this previously, how the last class had one four-star guy in the entire class. This group has already got, you know, pretty much everyone. There's a couple three-stars down at the bottom, which are, you know, quality guys as well. But they're going out and they're getting quality players and going into the Pacific Northwest. Now, this is pro this might be the, the most interesting part of this entire commitment is that USC's really struggled in the state of Washington recently. Now, they got Caden Steffen last year, the offensive lineman. He's actually from Alaska, moved to, you know, moved to Washington in the last year or so uh, to be able to, to be able to get a little bit more attention recruiting wise. Uh, but, you know, they've just really struggled to, to be able to, to get any traction up there. And there's been a lot more talent recently. USC actually hasn't signed a four-star uh, four or five-star player from the state of Washington since they got Zach Banner and Max Brown in back-to-back -back seasons in 2012 and 2013. So now being able to bring in a guy like Julian Simon, and he plays for the FSP Ford Sports Performance 7-on-17, which has a lot of talented players, is producing a number of players year in and year out right now. And that includes a guy like JT uh, Tuimola, Tui Moloa um, from, from Eastside Catholic, who's a, a defensive tackle, one of the top three players in the country. And that's another guy that USC has been pushing really hard for and is moving their way up his rankings uh, right now. So, you know, to get in and get in with, with a guy like him. Now, Tacoma, Washington, you know, getting uh, a guy like Julian Simon. Will Latu is, is uh, from the same area, from that greater Seattle area. So that's another guy they're looking at that's a four-star prospect. So a number of other players that are in the mix – partially because uh, of what they've been able to do uh, and getting Julian Simon's a, a big part of that, I think. Yeah. 
um we got shotguns all matrixy and stuff so I know. I, his roommate must be uh netflixing or something like that but we can still see his beard under that it's nice <laughs> keely any thoughts on uh the new well, commitment or first off shotgun someone said you it looks like you're wearing a seven on seven helmet right now <laughs> which i thought was hilarious because you kind of do i know i mean shotgun pretty much summed it up i thought the interesting thing was that brandon huffman uh 247's national recruiting editor uh is based in the pacific northwest so he's seen a lot of julian it and there have been some concerns about his physicality but he but uh huffman said no there's there's no concerns there the key when reading about him and and looking at some of his tape is that uh, they said he's really versatile and that's something that Todd Orlando said that he really values in his defense, his positionless defense. So his versatility, uh, he's good in space, apparently has good instincts. He has a quick twitch. Um, so that's something to look out for. Uh, like Chuck and said, they're projecting him as a linebacker for USC. Uh, the interesting thing, he was offered in April 25th of 2018. So over two years later, he yeah. committed on that offer. So a long time coming for him. And worth noting that apparently Michael Hutchings, the grad assistant, former USC linebacker, he was close uh, with Julian in this uh, process. So some, some GA, some former Trojans uh, getting in the recruiting trail uh, and making a difference there. Uh, but another uh, Dante Williams special uh, going out of, of California and making that happen. And, and like Shotgun said, the FSB connection, if USC can get a, a stronghold there, that will be huge. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I have for him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and Julian sorry. Simon, it, you, you talk about his versatility. It's not just that, hey, he can play linebacker. You know, you can move him around. Or you can play him as a defensive end or something. He plays running back. He plays wide receiver yeah. on the other side of the ball. So he's got ball skills. You know, you have to be a running back. You have to have physicality, you know, to, to be a, line, a running back and linebacker. So that tells you a lot about him. I think his body type might change a little bit once he gets to college and he's focusing on one particular position. So, you know, he's at 6'2", 220 right now. I think that's that, you know, the, the looking at the body frame looks like a guy that can put on 20, 30 pounds potentially. Uh, depending on what they want to do with him, what position they want to play him at. So I, I think it gives you a lot of options there, just like you talked about with Todd Orlando in that positionless style of defense. Also, I think it's worth noting, uh, Justin Flo's nickname was Baby Man. I think Julian's name should just be like Man Man. Have you seen, look, go back to that picture, Ryan. He's, he looks like a modified man. Yeah. <laughs> he's a grown man. Uh, I've had several yeah. people asking me today if he's 35 yet or – you know, is he, he's coming into college at 35 years old. But, yeah, he's, he's an older-looking guy. Uh, but it's just he, he plays with, with that kind of the, the old man strength, too. Can that be, That's going to be the key. Can you play with that old man strength? Um, and I think that's something that will, will come along even more, like I said, as his body changes when he gets a position of, of uh, a specificity, specificity. Uh, at USC. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, he's got a better beard than both of us, and his his isn't gray like ours. So. <laughs> uh, very cool. So, you know, big. Yeah. So, another uh, just positive. Been a lot of positive momentum on the USC recruiting front. So, even though you can't do practice and games and things like that, even going out of town, there's some a couple of great articles up on uscfootball.com right now. If you want to check those out, um, Brandon Huffman's got a lot of insight. Gerard talked about. The importance of Dante Williams and what he's been able to do. If you don't know, he was the Pac-12 uh, Recruiter of the Year last year, and uh, they're doing a lot of. Even though it's not his position, uh, you know, he's out there doing a lot of work and has a bunch of ties to the Pacific Northwest, so helps bring in a guy like uh, a Julian Simon. Um, also, want to talk about uh, the uh, the support hires that were out there. So we end up breaking that. Well Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Ryan, but yeah. before we get to that, should we bring up Quadarius Davis, you know, the wide receiver oh, okay. commit who yeah. committed 
since the last time we've had a tunnel vision at least. So, you know, a lot of these commits have been on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, we have a skill player here, Quadarius Davis, you know, the wide receiver from Dallas Skyline. Uh, you know, another another hot spot area that USC has been recruiting more with this new staff. Obviously, going into Texas, a lot of guys on the staff have Texas ties, more so than just Craig Nivar and, uh, and Todd Orlando. you got Graham Harrow. You've got, uh, you know, even Clay Helton, you know, is from the area too. So you, you've gotten those ties right there. And to be able to go in and get a guy like Quadarius Davis, who's ranked really high in a couple of the rankings. You know, his, his composite ranking is not as high, but, uh, you know, he's got he's much higher in, in some of the other ones. Uh, so, you know, I think he's a guy that can come in and, and he's going to be a contributor. USC is looking to get multiple wide receivers in this class. So to be able to get an out-of-state guy, now if you can bring in an in-state guy as well, you know, with, with some guys that are looking at like Troy Franklin or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Xavier Worthy, from up in Fresno area. So there's some options out there, but I think getting Quadarius Davis and getting him committed after he's a guy that we thought was going to commit for a little while, a little while to finally get him kind of locked down as a commit is big, but let's, let's not, uh, let's not be naive and think that this commitment, I mean, this recruitment is over. He's already committed to two other schools previously committed to Texas and SMU, I think originally. So uh, just make sure that USC is going to be staying on this one. Uh, because this this recruitment is going to continue until he actually signs a piece of paper. Yeah, um, yeah, I forgot about that one. That's good. It's been two weeks since we've done a show. They keep. Uh, <laughs> I think that's eight commitments from like the last two months, basically. Um, you know, from March, you know, March, April, maybe early March, April on. So it's been a, quite a few. Uh, you know, on that front, and we actually had a question kind of on this. So obviously, the the new staff members have been doing a lot of work. Guys like Dante Williams, Craig Niver, and stuff. Uh, Michael Felix on uh, YouTube says, we hear all about the assistants, recruiters, how they're doing and doing great. What's Clay Hilton up to? Is he part of this recruiting process? And yeah, yes, Michael, he's of course a part of this, but you just have a great staff now as part of it. The, the yeah. support staff has been helped. Uh, you know, they've improved, but also you have really good assistants and Clay Hilton's always been the closer. So he's certainly involved in all this stuff, but having guys around him that are really good recruiters, I think has been a big deal. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I think that he's been a part of the recruiting process the entire time. You know, he was a guy that a lot of people were talking about in previous classes, that he's the reason why they're interested in USC. I like USC, Clay Helton. I like talking to him. Now Clay Helton doesn't have to be the one to talk to every single player, though. You know, he, he can be a closer. He can do some different things that way. But he doesn't have to be the guy on the phone all the time, which is what it seems sometimes it seemed like was the case with, with some of the, you know, what, what the recruits would say rather than some of the position coaches that, you know, you just weren't hearing their name thrown around as much. Um, you know, USC is is doing it by position. They're doing it by area a little bit. It's a whole team process, and Clay Helton's a part of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, for all the knocks that people have on Clay Helton, the one thing you can't knock him for is how well he does with parents and recruits. That's something consistently we've heard. He's always done well in home visits and whatnot. So that's his process, and he does it well on the recruiting trail. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's uh, move on, and we want to talk about a couple of new hires. So this is information we broke uh, on USCFootball.com. Well, I think uh, Bruce Feldman tweeted out we had a story uh, out there ready to go when uh, we got the news of a couple of uh, video assistants, which there's some people that are saying, look, you're getting all excited about making some videos. You guys are younger than me. It seemed like the videos were making a big deal for LSU last year. Maybe, uh, Keely, we'll start with you. Tell us what you think about these uh, hires. Okay, so I have some hot takes. Okay. I don't know if it's just because I'm like biased because I'm like a content creator, but I 
have put up with a lot of bad takes. I'll say it. I have bad takes, but I think the worst takes from USC fans came from these hires. I don't understand why people had such a big deal, like made such a fuss about it. I heard that. Why didn't you take people from USC cinema school? Who cares about video hires? This is a big deal. This matters to young people. This matters to recruits. This matters to, to current college students. This day and age, a school's brand, a school's presence on social media is huge. It's about what a school can do for you, for your fame. And guess what? Name, image, and likeness is coming down the pipeline. So that it's going to be even more important. So I think going out, poaching the best in the business and bringing them to USC, how could USC fans be mad about that? I just don't understand. Um, so this stuff matters. Shock and I were hype about LSU's videos last season before this was even mentioned with the USC in it. Um, they do a great job. Why not get the best and bring them to USC? I don't understand if you're a USC fan why you would be mad about this. It's it's a win all around. And yes, of course, that doesn't mean that suddenly with these two guys, USC is going to go 12-0 and in the regular season. No, it doesn't. It yeah. just boosts USC support staff recruiting, and that's what we've always talked about. USC needs to boost it, be in the 21st century, and this is what helps them get into that, that new space of recruiting. I, I think it was notable that as soon as the hires were made, you had certain USC players that were mentioning certain techniques that were used in those videos. Yeah. Like that's how much impact these two guys have made, or at least the video department at LSU has made that Amon Ra St. Brown was like, okay, you guys better be dr bringing the sweat drip transition yeah. because that's something they did was really unique. Uh, you know, first time I've seen something like it. And some other people pointed out on the board, you know, separate, um, you know, from us or from our stories that said, oh, did you see this? You know, one thing they did was really cool. And if you have players that have already noticed that, that tells you how good these people are at what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the question about, hey, why does USC not just – there's so many people that do video in L.A. Why don't they just go get them? Why don't they go to the cinema school? There's a difference between having a passion for something and being able to do it. And when you combine those two things, when you have a skill set and you're passionate about it, I think that's where you, you get some of the, the best work, and that's what USC thinks they have in, in these two guys, and Jacob and, and, uh, and Will. And I think that you – know, I talked to Jacob about it, and he said one of the things I want to tap into is the USC cinema school, you know, the film school. It's right next door. You know, they're going to be walking by, you know, depending on which garage they park in, but they're going to be walking by the Steven Spielberg <laughs> and George Lucas buildings every day they go into the offices of Heritage Hall. You think that doesn't mean something to them? I asked him about that, and Will Stout said it's it's phenomenal. It's that's awesome, and you know he's had a dream of of coming to LA for a long time. So this was kind of a no brainer, and you know I talked a little bit about in the war room about why he would make this jump when he hasn't even finished college yet. Yeah. Uh, but you know the, these are things that you know that it's a lifetime goal of his to to be able to work in LA. Now he's going to get that opportunity. Maybe that develops into another opportunity for him later. That, he's the guy, though, that Jacob is going to use as an example for any of those film school kids. He's going to say, hey, look at what this kid did, where he's gone from being, you know, he got, he, he, because of his videos in high school, LSU said, hey, we want to bring you on campus. We want to make you a student at our school. It's his hometown school. He was excited about it. He wasn't even on scholarship initially, or he's on partial scholarship, I believe it was. Becomes a full-time scholarship uh, for him as a sophomore. So now he's getting to go to his hometown college for free because of his video work. Now, two years later, he's in L.A. chasing his you know, his dream. How do you not sell that to every kid at that film school and say, hey, look what could happen for you as well? 
And Jacob, you know, he talked a little bit about this where he said, you know, a lot of these kids maybe want to make video, you know, movies and feature film and stuff. And they don't realize that this is an opportunity and how this could be a foot in the door and different things. So exactly. I think that his, his, you know, uh, grasp of what it could mean, you know, in Los Angeles and being able to sell the, you know, sell this to other people, I think is going to only boost the production that you're seeing. It's not just going to be those two guys. He wants to build a staff there. Now, maybe these people are interns initially, and you know, maybe they add some spots later on. Who knows? Uh, but to begin with, you're going to be able to sell that. Hey, you can follow the path that this kid has followed. Look at what he's done in just four years. You know, what do you think you could do when you've already got two years of schooling at USC or whatever it may be? Yeah. You know, as you're selling that pitch, and you know, Keely and I were both hyped up on their videos way before. Uh, you know, the swag surfing video is one of my favorite songs. I, I, yeah. I want, so writing the story that I did, because, uh, you know, talked to him the night before I wrote the story, you know, I'm hyped up for like eight hours straight through the middle of the night because I keep going back to watch different parts and like looking at different things. And that's one of the things that I thought what really impressed me about, uh, the videos that LSU produced and that will, uh, you know, edited, you know, prime was the primary editor on was that every time you watch it, if you're looking and you're looking, you can find something different that yeah. kind of stands out, something unique, whether it's a transition, whether it's how they build the art form of it. And if you've if you've created any video stuff like Keely and I have doing packages for school and whatnot, like you know the difficulties and, and how, you know, when Keely's doing her highlight videos or whatever, or even, you know, just putting together, you know, our, our film studies that we do, there's a lot of difficulties that go into it and yeah. to make it a drama performance is which is what the videos at LSU were. There's so much technique that goes into it. You can be yeah. really impressed by the work that was done. So we were already impressed just by you know how they were about be able to create these videos. So then when we heard the name was thrown around, I was like, wait, are you talking about this kid? Yeah, because this kid's really really good. Yeah. Um, and yeah. now they had a whole staff that was doing different parts of it, writing the scripts and different things. But Will was doing the main editing. Jacob was the primary photographer or videographer, excuse me. So, you know, they worked really well together. And that's why, you know, when they had the opportunity to work together at, at USC, you know, they, they that helped seal the deal for both of them as well. And I think it's worth noting, like when you're doing hype videos, you kind of, there's a, a thin line between like cheesy and too dramatic. And they hit that so well where you watch it and you're like, where's my helmet? Let me put it on, like, let's go, you know? <laughs> so it's just, they're really good at what they do. And, and the thing that made me frustrated is that, USC fans always make the knock on the football program. Well, where's the Rolodex? You're always hiring within the school, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. This is the one time USC went out and got the best in the business and brought them to USC, and somehow they're mad about that. People Sorry. complaining, it, yeah. It, it, my mentions were ablaze, and it made me frustrated. So that was my venting session. Yeah. Um, also worth noting, I think Facebook and Periscope are having some issues, but I believe YouTube is streaming well. So if y'all are on Facebook and are frustrated, maybe jump over to YouTube. I'll put the link in the comments. So there you go. Okay. Um, sorry about that. So mm -hmm. we'll uh, we'll jump on YouTube. Looks like the comments on YouTube are coming through. I just put, I had one up there for a while because Shotgun went on a 10-minute soliloquy there. So we'll uh, put this up. I thought it was <laughs> it a had a lot to say. When you talk to people for- Wait, that, that like, doesn't mean you can talk more. You already talked. <laughs> when you talk you to them for a, a you combined so hour, get it down to 10 minutes and, and adding my own opinions in there. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so great stuff from them. I mean, I think this is more Mike Bone, Brandon Sosna doing good work. We had Brandon on. Uh, there was a, I put a couple comments about people are saying that it was a great interview. They liked it. 
Thank you. I mean, he's he's great. I think they've hired some good people, which is a good thing. USC hadn't hired good people. They're hiring good people. It's making a difference. Dave wants to know, is lunch with a Trojan going to continue post-quarantine? I think it's going to be one of those things where, yeah, it's going to continue. There's, I think there's good ideas. Like this quarantine, everybody's doing weird stuff, the way they're working at home, whatever. Yeah. There's going to be some good ideas coming out of this. I like doing those interviews, so we'll we'll continue to do more of them. Probably keep them simple and just do them on uh, YouTube Live. We don't want to you know cause too many problems, but they've been a lot of fun. So uh, thanks for posting that. I'm glad you did. And uh, we also have a call. We have a live caller. Let oh. me, yeah. Let me uh, – so on some of the new hires. So let me uh, bring it up. But it's our buddy, the Cattleman. Hey, Ron, you there? We're there. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Ryan, you and Shotgun look like some of those guys that go hiking on the Appalachian Trail in the Smokies <laughs> with and drink moonshine. Yeah. Well, moonshine. I, like, I, like that beard, I like that beard y'all are working right now. Thanks. Not, it's not, mine's not too full. I don't know, but thank you. <laughs> I'm just poking at you a little bit, as we say over here in the Smokies. And Keely, Trump sent me $1,200, so all we can eat, uh, Cracker Barrel on me. <laughs> Sounds good. I've never had Cracker Barrel, so what? <laughs> I can't, yeah, I, I can't hear. I, I was goofing off a little bit. Hey, uh, Ryan, uh, I threw this question to uh, Dan Weber on your voicemail, but I'm a little impatient. And I want to hear your response to it. Okay. Um, your underling Mike Bones. What is he? Chief of Staff? Is he Mike Pence? Who, who's that guy you were interviewing the other day? The uh, Brandon Sosna. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm being I'm being a little playful. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, um, I did a little research, and I got to thinking. It looked pretty good. I watched it live when you did it, Ryan. But, um, okay, let's go through USC's ADs real quick. Mike Garrett to, what, Pat Hayden to Lynn Swan to this guy, Mike Bone, right? Yes. Okay. Um, are you aware that Mike Bone tried to hire Bush Jones twice, Ryan? Well, he did hire him. Didn't he hire him? Was he at, Did he hire him at Cincinnati, or was that not? Or that was before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he hired him at Cincinnati, and he tried to hire him at Colorado. Okay. Bush Jones is the biggest joke in college football. Does that worry you? Um, I mean, there's a lot of hires that, that he. I mean, Luke Fickle's been a great hire, you know. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Would he have been a joke at Colorado? It's hard to say. It did work out. You know, the brick by brick stuff didn't really work out at Tennessee. Um, but you're as an athletic director, you're going to be known for the football hires, the big you know hires you made. His last few hires he's made at Cincinnati have all been really good. So uh, we'll see when he you know if he gets a chance at USC to make some big hires there. Uh, but that doesn't you know that he tried to hire some guy that you don't like you know ten and, years and ago. And a guy that a guy that did really well no, at Cincinnati. I, I mean, he, he went ten and three and nine and three in back to back years at Cincinnati. So. I'm sorry, what was that, Cattleman? Um, I think Bush Jones is widely regarded as a carnival barker, a complete joke. Well, Tennessee hired him. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and how'd that, how'd that work out? Not so good. But, I mean, you're saying, like, I mean, he did pretty good at Cincinnati, and Luke Fickle's doing a really good job there. So I wouldn't go back a decade and say, well, he tried to hire this guy, and it, it's not really working out. So I, that wouldn't be my <laughs> biggest concern. Right, so it doesn't bother you that Mike Bone tried to hire Bush Jones twice. I I've said this a whole bunch of times now. Thank you. No, it doesn't bother me. So okay, um, yeah. Well, but, um, one 
last thing for you. I asked this question to Dan Weber on the voicemail. I was just got a little impatient. I, I watched your interview with his underling there, and um, I think it's ridiculous he tried to hire. But Bush Jones can't even get a high school coaching job, Ryan. All right. We got you. Thanks for the call. We appreciate that. Um, so, yeah. So <laughs> he really doesn't like Butch Jones. Uh, I'm well, sorry. it's understandable he's a Tennessee fan, but right. Butch Jones did well at Cincinnati. He was 10 and 3 in the 9 3 season, which is why he got the Tennessee offer in the first uh, part. And some coaches are really good at certain levels, and some coaches are better at other levels. Nick Saban, best college football coach possibly ever. How well did he do with Miami? You know, and maybe you want to say that, hey, NCAA, college football, and NFL are way different. They are. But mid-major versus, you know, power five are also very different. So yeah. some coaches, I think, do really well. Uh, you know, I think Chris Peterson, you know, how well they do at Washington versus Boise State. I think he fit better at Boise State. I think he was still a really good coach. I just don't think he can make it to that, you know, the, the upper echelon at Boise State or, or from Boise State to Washington. You know, a guy like Dan Hawkins, the same thing at Boise State. You know, really good there, wasn't very good at, at Colorado. Some guys are better at certain levels, and it's it depends on, you know, the media scrutiny. It depends on, you know, the time you're able to spend with, with kids as far as NFL to college. So there's a lot of different factors that go into it. But I think Bush Jones was a really good hire at Cincinnati. It went from being a terrible team to, you know, 10-3, and 9-3, and, and being able to, you know, him to jump to Tennessee. Yeah. Sometimes you have a coach that's really good at a – you know, mid, you know, you know, it's a group of five kind of program. You know, Colorado's not upper echelon, power five. You got to go. You want to go in the SEC at Tennessee. You know, they won a championship what twenty two years ago or something, and and trying to compete with Alabama and LSU and all that stuff. Yeah, that's not you know. And his shtick didn't really work there. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be all that concerned that that was the guy he hired. I mean, you're talking about you're going to hire someone different at Cincinnati and at Colorado, then you would try to hire at USC theoretically, because you can get, you know, you can get, you know, better resume court, uh, coach at USC. So if you actually try, right. Which you have, th here's the thing, cattleman, I don't want to, I didn't want to like cut you off, but you were just like harping on the Bruce, the, the, uh, the butch thing. We got it. You know, we get, you didn't like them. Um, they're actually trying to do things where USC's last 10 years of athletic directors were not good at any of that stuff. They were not, Trying. So that would be the least of my concerns of some guy he tried to hire, you know, a guy he hired in Cincinnati that actually worked out and he tried to hire him somewhere else. So, so apparently Mike Bone didn't actually hire him. It was two ADs before him that oh. hired. Yeah. So this is a. <laughs> so Cattleman's like completely off there. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're, we're wasting time here. <laughs> gotcha. Well, thanks for that. Uh, he was at Cincinnati, but yeah, 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 the timing really didn't make that much sense. But I was assuming I'm not, we can't really fact check as we're starting this stuff, but yeah. Uh, I have a fact checker, so apparently. <laughs> nice. Putting that out there. We do have another call. Uh, let's bring, uh, I don't know. I think it's Bubba from Tuscaloosa. Bubba, how you doing, man? Hi, folks. It's actually Big Bobby from uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And uh, I'm calling in because uh, I was just going through the 24-7 USC website just to see what, what what's what's the news there in L.A., and uh, I and uh, last week I listened to the uh, podcast with Harvey Hyde and this this guy Curtis from Moreno Valley. I mean, <laughs> he kept talking, and no offense, I mean, has Curtis been drinking the Kool Aid over there in L.A.? I mean, he kind of seems like USC is all about like he's he's making it seem like USC is like just about to win a natty or something. I mean, like, but it's like 10, 15 years ago since that happened. Just wanted to say that, but uh. Hey, I, again, Big Bobby from Tuscaloosa. I'm excited for the USC game. That's all. Thanks. 
Thanks, Big Bobby. Appreciate it. Yeah, no. So, um, yeah, I, I would say you know, Curtis is the resident optimist. Uh, he's trying to combat many of the USC fans that would probably think the game's going to go along the way you probably think it's going to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't say he's representative of most of the USC fan base as far as like confidence and stuff, but I get what he's doing because there's been so much negativity around USC. Most people don't expect USC to go in and win that game. Um, but Curtis is one of those guys who's trying to like pump up the troops and uh, get it to go. So uh, thanks for the call, though. Appreciate it. Good call. Uh -huh. Curtis was in our comments, so he might be actually watching this right now. But yes, it's oh, fun to look. get a call from Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Thanks for calling. No, yeah, I'm staying up late, too. True. That's dedication. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, uh, we're a little later uh, right now. It's so. true. Yeah. Um, Curtis is very polarizing, which is interesting. <laughs> Kurt, I mean, we had a Harvey Hyde show. He had like five voicemails on it before, and uh, it was pretty good, so... Uh, Coley, Coley, our resident Notre Dame fan, Moonshine and Phone is a bad combination. Yeah, uh, Cattle, that's okay. We like we love Cattleman. He just you know, yeah, maybe he had a couple of Moonshines. That was fine. Um, well, we also got to talk about uh, Reggie Bush, uh, the free Reggie. I don't know if you guys got a chance to read the article on the Athletic. Our friend Bruce Feldman did the story, but it was uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. We're him talking about the name, image, and likeness, which basically what he was, um, you know, he was getting. Uh, some compensation for his name, image, and likeness, at least his family was down in San Diego. Uh, so that would, you know, technically, if this goes through what the proposed, uh, you know, that proposal was, that would be legal um, now, you know, it, where it wasn't then. And, you know, it sounded like he really felt bad about what happened with it and uh, didn't feel super comfortable talking about all that much. Um, I don't know, Keila, are you still on hashtag free Reggie Bush? You cool with that? I mean, I don't know. I've never really had an opinion on this just because I was not, I didn't grow up a USC fan, but um, I do know, you know, talking to sources who are close with Reggie Bush, he he's always behind the scenes felt really bad about what his action caused for future USC players. Uh, he always felt really bad about the fact that there were sanctions. So um, the fact that he put that on the record was interesting to me. And he, I don't think we've really seen him open up the way he did to Bruce uh, Feldman. So I thought it was really interesting in that sense, but also just getting into the, the name, image, and likeness stuff, uh, just how much money he could have made if that was the case back then. But Ryan, I guess, what were your thoughts? I, I, I'm curious what you thought. Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, we're running into that June time frame. So another month or so is when that 10 years will be up. But it's all it's all dumb anyway. And I, it's funny when you see someone tweet out like Bruce will tweet something out and you see the comments from people that are like USC cheated. And then you kind of explain to them like you might go on Twitter and be like, well, actually, he wasn't. It's, it's not like a Cam Newton situation. He wasn't paid to go to USC. A wannabe yeah. agent or group of agents want paid him to try to leave USC. And, you know, they were wanting to break into that agency. They, they worked with the Bush family, gave his family some benefits in the hopes that they were going to have Reggie Bush as a client. That didn't work out. And then you see every all the mess that happened um, and the overreaching from, from the NCAA. So I think these are positive steps. There have been some steps, you know, once Reggie started working with Fox last year, I think that was a good step in the right direction. The fact that he was on the field. I think now you have... Mike Bone, Brandon Sosna there. I, they're not saying anything that I've heard publicly or privately about what they want to do with Reggie Bush, but it's, you know, every recruit we talk to, they still talk about Reggie Bush being a big yeah. influence on them. So th I think there's been a lot of singles that there, there's a lot of low hanging fruit that this athletic department can pick 
uh, because there have been so many screw-ups prior you know, in the last 10 years. This is some of that low-hanging fruit. So I think they're going to be able to do something good. I think you're going to see a positive development where they reach out to Reggie Bush, embrace him. I don't know how far it's going to go, if there's going to be a, an effort to try to bring the Heisman back and stuff. I really think there should be. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like this is another step. He opened up a little bit more than what we've seen him in the past. And I think this is a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of a, uh, you know, a precursor. A precursor? Oh, so like, the da, 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 here it comes. Like, <laughs> Yeah, kind of. It's like, uh, you know, Reggie's starting to talk about it, showing some remorse. You know, that's one thing that a lot of people have been upset about in the past, USC fans. Like, he's never apologized. He's never showed remorse. And I feel like he's just been told to, hey, don't try to, uh, you know, don't try to talk about anything. I think that was the advice he was given. Just don't speak about it at all. And now I think it, you know, maybe it's time to open up, time to, you know, get in the good graces as USC, you know, could potentially add him back to the program. All right. Uh, we have another caller or any other oh. Reggie Bush thoughts. Yeah, we can. Uh, we got people like the late night. They like doing this. I think we got we got John. looks like John. From Glendora. Hey, John. Glendora. You're on the line. What's hey, up, bud? What's up? what's up, guys? I'm waiting for you to roast me again. There's nothing <laughs> for you to roast me about because everything's really good right now at USC football and recruiting, so that's a good sign, right? Yes, very good. Uh, my biggest thing is uh, I was just hearing you guys, uh, and it just got me thinking. I mean, I have this big picture of Reggie Bush pushing Matt Liner in the end zone where both of them signed it in my living room hanging in my living room. My wife actually allows it, which is kind of crazy, but, uh, um, yeah. So, but yeah, so I have that hanging in my living room and it's time. I mean, I want to see Reggie Bush run out of the tunnel, lead the players on the field, somebody that's great running back, wear number five. And it should, it should, uh, it's, it's time. I mean, as a longtime Trojan fan and watching Reggie play and to think that all that's gone, it's, it's just not, a it's just not right when, you know, the 2002 Impala we're talking about still, right? I mean, that's what, I mean, it just doesn't seem right. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Did you know, so when the USC-Utah game, Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, thanks for the call. I appreciate that, though. Um, Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush are on uh, the field because they're doing the broadcast with Urban Meyer, which was crazy. USC wins, you know, Matt Fink, the... Third string quarterback you know, brings USC to a victory over a top 10 Utah team. The the people that work for USC that are on the sidelines shooting video and shooting photos were instructed. They could not get a shot, even if Reggie Bush was like in the background. So if they took a picture, like this great photo of like Michael Pittman making a touchdown catch, but Reggie Bush was in the background, they couldn't use it. So that's how far this has gone. And so you're hopeful that the athletic department's going to realize like, yeah, this is, this is dumb. We're going to move on. Welcome Reggie Bush back into there. Put the number five up, all that kind of stuff. So we're hopeful. I, I, I'm kind of thinking they're going to, but uh, we'll know more in a, in a month or so, I guess. Any thoughts there, guys? I think it, I think it's time. You know, and I think that if USC is able to bring Reggie Bush back, I think that is another recruiting advantage that USC has. You know, so many kids still talk about Reggie Bush, even though, you know, several of them were in diapers at best you know, when he was playing at USC in particular, but they see the YouTube highlights, they see the clips, they see things, and that's something that USC can start pushing more because his highlights are so exciting when yeah. you watch them that USC hasn't been able to put those highlights out. But now they can use that, they can use him as a recruiting tool, 
you know, different things like that. So uh, I, I think that if, if they're able to bring him back and they choose to, then I think it's a, a good move for him and for the school, and it will only help things like the, things like um, the recruiting aspect. Um, Jim is saying that uh, he did he that uh, Mike Bone did hire Butch Jones at Cincinnati, and uh, so I don't know. I, we're, I'm not fact checking. We're not watching this, so that's and try to and so he that said. Tried to make me look bad. I love. He said, Jim loves you, Keely, but you're trying to make him look bad. I don't try to make anyone look bad. I was told that from a source, and I put it out there. Okay. So, <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Someone, we, we're doing the show, so it's hard for us to, like, Google things. Yeah, I cannot Google things Yeah, right we now. can't really Google stuff. But either way, if he did hire him at Cincinnati, he did a good job at Cincinnati, so it's not that bad of a... Uh, that bad of a thing. Let's see if we have... Do you have any uh, Periscope comments or anything, Keely? Or... Oh, actually, nope. Periscope's not working. Okay, so per- that's weird. So Periscope and Facebook yeah. were not um, yeah. working, but okay, we'll figure it out. Uh, we got one here. This is interesting. I want to talk a little recruiting. So this comes up all the time when you're talking about recruiting um, running backs. And uh, Unk says, Brandon Campbell, the next Reggie Bush? No one's the next Reggie Bush. Yeah. That's a simple answer. Yeah. However, I think Brandon Campbell would fit really well into this offense. He's a guy that catches the ball out of the backfield. He has some speed as well. Um, he can do some unique things that maybe someone on the roster right now is not doing. He's a little bit different kind of back, which is you know what's what's awesome about the running back room right now at USC is that everyone is a little bit different. And I think Brandon Campbell would only add to that. Yeah. Um, as far let me. I'm sorry. This one did uh, pull up here. Um, we had a question on the uh, Nike contract from Augustine. So he liked the conversation we had with uh, with Brandon. I have not heard anything about updating uh, the Nike contract. It is not a good deal. We know that. Um, it's just another one of those things where once it's over, uh, then you know I'm sure they're going to get a much better deal than what they have now. Will they be switching companies? I don't know. I haven't really heard anything specific about what they're doing here, but I think when Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna got in there, there was just this long list of things that needed to be fixed. There were just so many screw-ups. Uh, you can't even count there's how many there were. And this is another one in the list. So that's another thing that USC is leaving a lot of money on the table, signing a bad deal. Um, and so, you know, I'm not even sure when that one is up. But what it is, I think that's going to be addressed. But I haven't heard anything specifically. I don't know if you guys have. Nope. I haven't heard anything specifically. I don't know when the contract's up. This is also not a good time to try to be renegotiating a deal if you want to add money to it because there's so many companies that are, you know, losing money right now during the, you know, lockdown and everything. So uh, hopefully for USC, the contract goes a little bit further and, uh, you know, companies like Nike and uh, Adidas and Under Armour are all booming after the coronavirus. uh, And then that, that way they're able to get into a kind of a bidding war for USC. That's the big thing is to, you know, be so valuable that multiple companies want you. Therefore, there becomes a bidding war. Therefore, the contract goes up. Yeah. And the timing wise, like it worked out perfectly for UCLA. They went from Adidas to Under Armour and signed this huge, massive deal, which like, you know, six months later, there's no way that would have been signed. So I think, uh, you know, for USC, you got to hope the timing works out. The timing has not worked out well. The Pac-12, it's not been very good. Um, signing that 12-year deal when they did, which was it was good for about a year and then for 11 years, it's been bad. So, or it's not been in 11 yet. Um, we had another question. Uh, so what is USC's plans for recruiting for offensive linemen in this class? Uh, signed six linemen in the last class. 
It's going to be a pretty full class, though. They might bring four or five more, do you guys think? I mean, they could bring in multiple guys. They've already got a couple commitments there. You got Maximus Gibbs from St. John Bosco. You got Mason Murphy from Jay Sarah, two local guys. They're looking across the country. You know, we wrote about, uh, you know, a five star offensive lineman uh, that, you know, has USC in his top list uh, earlier today or yesterday. So, you know, USC is still out looking for targets on that. They've offered a, a number of guys across the nation. You know, they're trying to tap into the, you know, the, the Virginia area where Vic Soloto has some, comp, uh, has some uh, connections and stuff. They're trying to tap into Texas where they have some connections. So they're, they're searching all over the country. They're looking at guys like Owen Prentice from the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, they're, they're still active in the offensive line recruiting and looking to add to that class as well. Um, Keely, any thoughts on the offensive line recruiting? No, but I will follow up that Mike Thomas was the director of athletics at the University of Cincinnati when he hired Mike uh, Butch Jones. So, and I, Mike Bone and Mike Bone tried to hire Butch Jones from Cincinnati to Colorado. Apparently, okay. Well, okay, that's different than what was said. Interesting. Not uh, that we need to go back here. <laughs> yeah, we can skip that whole conversation. Okay. We had um, another Ryan. question. Yes. Okay. I was just going to wonder when you want to go into rapid fire because we are ready and standing by. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we could hear. I got one more. Uh, we've had a bunch of people bring up uh, Mason Smith, uh, Corey Foreman. Drake Jackson's already there, so I'm not sure about that one. But uh, they, they, you know, names come up. So Mason Smith is the uh, defensive tackle from uh, Louisiana. Corey Foreman, obviously the number one player in the country. Uh, I had Corey and Drake on um, our one of the Tunnel Vision shows a, a couple of weeks ago talking about that. And Corey talked about really wanting to play uh, with Mason Smith uh, in college. Any, any thoughts on uh, those two defensive linemen, guys? I mean, obviously, if you can get them to, to join up, and which they've talked a lot about, Corey Foreman and Mason Smith have talked about wanting to partner up. Do those – you know, do those, uh, you know, those deals usually work? Not usually in recruiting. Sometimes, sometimes, but very, usually it's high school players. Sometimes you can get a package deal for brothers. You know, uh, that's much more likely than, you know, a guy from Louisiana and a guy from California that met at a camp and just, you know, hit it off. And I've gotten really, gotten along a lot and spent four days together there. And I spent a couple of days, you know, elsewhere together. A little bit different than when it's your teammate who can every day, you know, at high school needle you like, hey, you got to come with me type of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not a high percentage that this works out just because those guys want to play together. However, USC is recruiting Mason Smith. USC is obviously recruiting Corey Foreman. They're going to try to leverage whatever they can. If they can get Corman, uh, Corey Foreman to commit, then they would definitely try to leverage that and push that to Mason Smith. Like, hey, you guys have worked so well together. You know, you got JT Tuimolau up in Washington to add to that. Yeah, Drake Jackson. Now all of a sudden you got a dominant offense, I mean, defensive line, and that's what USC needs to get back to. That's what's been missing, I think, uh, in the last decade or so from when they were dominant is having dominant defense linemen. I mean, you've had Leonard Williams, but you had guys like Antoine Woods, but you just haven't had that cross the board, you know, yeah. guys. Because remember when we watched the the – the, the Orange Bowl with Sean Cody, he was talking about, hey, having Mike Patterson behind him. Hey, having Lawrence Jackson on the other side of the line. Yeah. You know, you, you have multiple NFL guys across the line. You know, you go hard for a couple plays, you come out, the subs are good, you know, and it just 
It's so difficult to double team. It's so difficult. And so you can try to sell that. And USC is going to try to sell that. Now, what is the probability of it? That's very hard to say. And I, I think that it's a much better chance to try to get one of them than to, to put your odds on them landing both of them. What was the tweet that uh, maybe it was Mason or maybe Cor- Corey tweeted out about the percentages? He was like that one percent that we play together. I think it, I don't know if it was a tweet. I think it was maybe the it was interview. In story. Yeah, yeah, I think the interview he might have did with uh, with Greg Biggins and I think even Chris Trevino. They might have been there, but there was like a one percent chance they would play together at USC or so. I don't forget what it was, but yeah, we I asked him about that on the show and he kind of. You know, talking about it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, I don't. I wouldn't look a whole lot into those numbers. Um, oh yeah. You know, I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, that's more stuff that's in the war room. We discussed. You know, what that one percent actually meant. Yeah. Um, we're gonna do one more call, and then we'll do some rapid fire, and we'll wrap it up. Um, is that cool? Sounds good. All right, we got one call. This looks like Dave from Iowa. Dave, you're on the line. Hey, Tunnel Vision, how's it going? Dave from Iowa again. First off, I just want to shout out USC football, USC football uh, program for at least for this recruiting class thus far. We've had all the uh, positions except for tight end. So let's give them a round of applause for that. And uh, my question is, what do you, what is uh, your take on Chris on uh, from Chris Trevino's article this past weekend of uh, USC going for five DBs, but Chris having six DBs committed from my perspective would that really, to me personally, I don't think that would really help with evening out the scholarship distribution, but what do you guys think? Thanks for the call, uh, Dave, uh, Keeler shotgun. What do you got? You know, I, I think that it's, you know, I think that was uh, Chris's article where he said, what would it take for USC to get the number one class? Um, so I think that what they're trying to get and, you know, what they may end up getting, those can be different things, you know, and if you're trying for five DBs and you get a six guy, that's really good that you want to add to the program as well. You know, they, they have five different DB spots. So getting six guys is not that huge of a deal. You're adding one at each spot basically. Um, So I think that there's some different things there. And the fact that they're going to lose potentially two safeties in the next class or, you know, going forward, you know, the fact that their their cornerbacks are really young. I think you're going to see some transfers. You just always do when you have new coaching staff. So I think that's a possibility. So maybe uh, maybe you're looking at Dante Williams wants to get get his own guys in versus, you know, the guys are only, already on the roster. He's only had one practice to really, you know, learn about those guys. So it's hard to say that. But, you know, every coach wants to put their own stamp on their position. So maybe that's part of it as well. I think USC is just going and looking for top talent and, you know, DB is one of the spots where they're potentially going to be able to lock some guys up, and, and that's what they're looking at. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I guess we can go into rapid fire. We got a first one. doesn't matter much, but curious, where is USC ranked in recruiting now? I believe number five. Sure. Is that number, number five? five. In one in the Pac-12. Number one in the Pac-12, and I think third overall in average star ranking. So um, not too bad right now. So they've brought in some high-caliber guys. What else do you guys got for rapid fire? This one's specifically for Shoddy from Dallas, who says, who will put up bigger numbers, Brew McCoy or Kyle Ford this year? Well, that's a tough question. Uh, I'm going to go Brew McCoy um, just because you know, Brew's my guy, and I think that he's going to have a monster year, and he's going to want to prove himself that much more because he wasn't able to play last year, and all the storylines that were thrown out about him, I think he's going to want to prove himself. He's got that competitive fire, too, to be that kind of guy. 
Ryan, do you have any any thoughts, even though it wasn't directed towards oh, you? I, no, I'm good with what you said. <laughs> okay. I, I was reading other questions, sorry. Sounds good. We have a question from Mark Watkins who says, with the ne- eventual passing of a one-time transfer rule looking inevitable, does that help USC land both Gar- Jake Garcia and Miller Moss, the loser of any battle could transfer and still play right away? Maybe, yeah. but I mean, the, the the rule doesn't look as inevitable as we thought. Yeah, you know, it was like, oh, this might get past this, you know, now, and now that'll help, you know, teams going forward. That'll help JT Daniels if he wants to transfer now. Now it's looking like, well, we'll see. It's kind of being, it keeps getting pushed back a little bit further, a little bit further, and you know, how much of the coronavirus is having to do with that? It, it's hard to say, but it. it it seems inevitable still, but the timing of it seems to keep getting pushed back a little bit and a little bit. So I don't think co- the quarterbacks – I don't think top-ranked guys actually look at it that way. Like, okay, well, at least I can transfer if I don't win this battle. They all think they're going to win every battle. That's yeah. just the, the mindset of top-ranked guys. Yeah, I think if it would have passed this year, which it, if it doesn't look like it's going to, um, that would have allowed JT Daniels to leave and then probably would have made it more likely that both of those guys would come. But it – at this point, I don't think it, you know, even if it goes into effect next year, I don't think that's going to have a huge impact on either of their decisions. Mm-hmm. Mitchell says, uh, Josh Pate from 247 put a video out about how there will be a mass amount of decommitments this year. Once recruits can take vis- visits again, how do you guys see this playing out with this current USC class? I mean, you're seeing a bunch of commitments in quarantine. Um does that happen? You know, you you know, guys commit to schools they haven't even visited yet, so they go take some visits. I I think there's just been a massive amount of decommitments anyway. I don't know if there's going to be any more just because it's the quarantine stuff, but I don't know if we, you know, you see a whole bunch of guys committing, you know, maybe, you know, for that, you might see a bunch of guys commit and then a coach goes, well, we got extra guys we don't need. We can drop the guy on the bottom. I mean, if there's a lot of action when you can't do these visits, maybe you'll see a few more, but I, I just think you're getting a lot of them anyway. So I don't know if it's going to have a huge impact. So in Josh, what Josh wrote about is that there's been more commitments at this point in the year for this recruiting cycle than there were the last two years for the recruiting wow. cycles at this at the same point of the year. So, you know, a lot of people, maybe it's because they're getting constant communication from coaches and stuff and they're making up their minds a little bit earlier, not being able to take the visits. I think there's going to be a lot of decommitments because, but I think there's so much unknown still. We don't know yeah. if there's going to be a football season yet, you know, and yeah. how does that change? Does the NCAA make changes to the signing days, you know, as we've discussed previously? There's a lot of things that are unknown, and because there's so many unknowns, I think that could lead to, to more decommitments as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ryan, we have a specific question for you from Ulao Ulao, who says, how hyped are you that your boy TV, Tyler Vons, is going to be the number one receiving target this year? Are you expecting a big year? I am expecting a big year. I don't know if he's going to be the number one target, though. I mean, you probably you would have to guess it's going to be Amon Ra, St. Brown. Um, but you know, we've we've seen all of these guys do well in this offense. To have four receivers in one game go for over 100 yards, like that's that's pretty crazy. And that you know, USC was able to do that. I think he's going to get a ton of targets. Um, and you know, but I, my guess is going to be Amon Ra, St. Brown will be the guy that's leading the the way, but. It could be it could be Tyler Vons. It could be my guy. So, but I, I expect him to have a big year. But if I had to put money on who's going to have the bigger year, I'd probably go with uh, St. Brown. Makes sense. Sneaker Kid says there's rumors that another commit is a new commit is committing this week. Any chance that that's true? Could be. Stay tuned to uscfootball.com to find out. Yeah. Okay. Of course, there's a chance. You know. Uh, Tony <laughs> wants to know our prediction for USC's record in 2020. I feel like that's very premature given Jeez, everything that's going on. We don't even on. know what's going on, you know. Like I'll go with above five hundred. 
Yeah. Cause it's hard to say even if there's going to be a full season, you know, there's so many different things. Hey, if it, if the season plays in the spring, then technically there would be no record. My uh, initial thoughts are just pretty much chalk, like looking at it, like they're probably going to beat the teams they should beat, but lose to, you know, on the road at Oregon, lose to Alabama to start the season and uh, lose on the road to, uh, no, or is it on the road? No, I think it's home. No, Notre Dame. It's home Notre Dame. Yeah. So I was picking, you know, losing to those three schools and and winning the other nine games. So my my initial thoughts, nine and three, I haven't like analyzed, you know, the schedule, like, right? Obviously, we don't even know if it's going to happen, but that's my initial thoughts. Makes sense. Uh, on topic, Steve says, do you see an existential crisis of co uh, collegiate athletics if there's no college football in 2020? If so, how much will playing football with no fans slow the bleeding? I think it's significantly slow the bleeding if you could at least play and get television stuff going um the 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 rec the gates are important for college football more important than in the nfl uh, the nfl is more driven by television but television is still the biggest chunk if you could at least get games and have television rights now it, it doesn't hurt I mean, it hurts with boosters it hurts with donations and things like that so it's certainly going to it's going to have a major impact but getting football out there somehow uh, I think would be better because then you're not even going to worry about the scholarship stuff as much. Cause I mean, you might have, you know, carryovers from year to year. There could be all kinds of complications without having a football season. So having it without fans would still hurt uh, the bottom line, but nowhere near as much as it would be just having no football at all. My opinion. And the answer to the first part is it is existential crisis of college athletics. If there's no college football. Yes. yes. Brandon Sosna said the same thing uh, on the show the other day. It's just the the budgets are so built and determined by having a football season and having that help you know uh, support all the other sports in the athletic department that you're going to see a lot of programs be cut. You're going to see a lot of different uh, stuff happen if there's no college football, which is why they're trying so hard and they're going to try do whatever it takes to be able to figure a way out for it to happen. Mm -hmm. um, Sun Duck Hawkeye wanted to know the latest on JT Daniels and his transferring. We haven't really heard anything from him at all, but the fact, what I've said is that if the, the exception doesn't go through with the NCAA, which it looks like it's not going to for 2021, then it's most likely he would just come back. Instead of transferring out now and sitting a year and then playing for two years, he can back up Keaton Slovis and play this year and potentially take over as a starter and then you know graduate and transfer and still have two years of eligibility. So that's my kind of gut feeling on it, but we haven't heard anything more from him. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's been any new updates on that. But if you're USC, you're hoping since he's in the portal that he's asking all the Pac-12 teams in Alabama and Notre Dame, like, hey, can I just take a look at your playbook and see if this fits me really well? <laughs> sure. Uh, Coley says, are you aware of an increase in season ticket demand? No. I, I, don't, know I, why. I don't know why there no would be. I don't think any program in the nation would have a yeah. demand increase at a time like this. Yeah, mm -hmm. even like if you're LSU, like – you're not going to get an increase right now. So no, I, I think they're trying to, they're trying to stop the attrition. They're trying to, you know, combat people, you know, canceling their season tickets. So I think it's more about uh, stopping that churn and keeping people as opposed to trying to add new ones right now. It's great if you can add people, but that, I don't think that's a concern. It's more about trying to keep the people that you already got signed up. Stop the bleeding in that sense. Uh, John says, aside from Corey Foreman, who would be the next five-star that USC might land? Uh, that's hard to say off the top of my head. Uh, 
I'll yeah. go with, with JT Tua Moloa just because he's the the first five star that's popping into my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I think Foreman could be if you get Foreman. There's probably some other good things going on, and there'll be more, do- you know, potential more dominoes. Right now, they've yeah. got a lot of really good four stars. I mean, they have a really high, you know, average star ranking right now. But you can break through and get Foreman. Then I think that opens up some other five stars. I think he would probably be the first domino to fall in that case, I would say. Uh, you know, another possibility might be a guy like Rayshon Davis if you're counting him as a five-star. Hmm. He's a comp- is he composite. Commit. Is he composite five-star? Composite five-star, okay, yes. Yeah. Cheating. It's not cheating. Was I guess it was cheating. Um, <laughs> XJ Caro said, this change in recruiting status is amazing. What is the core reason for the gain, Helton and committee, or something or someone else? Uh, I'll put a picture of Dante Williams. <laughs> Um, not just him, just you had too many of the staff were part-time recruiters. Now you have a bunch of relentless recruiters. To me, that's the most important thing. Like they didn't, you know, going eight and five, it's better than five and seven, but the effort that you're seeing put on the recruiting trail right now is unlike what we've seen for years. And even when USC had good recruiters, you get like a T Martin or somebody, they still were carrying most of the weight themselves. Now you have it much more evenly distributed. You have a couple like elite recruiters and a bunch of really good ones. That makes a big difference in my opinion. Yeah. And you know, when you're relentless, you're relentless at things. Every person is kind of this way and the things they're good at. And USC went out and got good recruiters. So they're going to be relentless at it and show, you know, why they were hired at USC. So the guys I've got have done a really good job so far. We'll see if they can continue it and how things change, you know, as the, as the world changes, I guess. Really, Keely, really quick rant. Yeah. You know when we complain about hiring people that are good at their jobs and that's something USC hasn't done, but they'd hire people that they knew or whatever. It's like, do you know why you hire people that are good at their jobs? Because you want them to do a good job. And now you have people <laughs> doing a good job. Like, it's really that simple. you like, why is recruiting? You know, well, let's hire good recruiters. Oh, now you're recruiting well. You know why? Because you hired good recruiters. Like, do you want to get like, oh, we want to make good, you know, good decisions in the athletic department. We want to make, why aren't we doing that? Well, you didn't hire athletic directors. Now you've hired athletic directors. I mean, we're setting the bar pretty low. Just hire people that are good at their freaking job. And then they do a good job. Like it's that simple. So rant over. Oh, Ryan, it's good for my soul these yeah. days. I don't think we've had one in a long time. We haven't had a food analogy either, but someone submitted their own. But see, that whole rant is why I was so frustrated with people who were making such a big fuss about the, the LSU uh, video hires. They're I, good at their job. Yeah, why would you hire people from the USC cinema that don't even know where the football program is? Like, they don't know anything about the football program. The good thing about hiring, like, Shotgun talked about this. You hire these guys from LSU that are really freaking good at making these videos. And like Keely said, right on the edge of, it's not too cheesy, but they, it just works well and it makes you want to run through a wall. They yeah. can actually make a bridge. They can put a connection between the the film school and the athletic department. Like, I don't believe that any kind of bridge exists right now. I don't think there's any kind of crossover there. I haven't heard about it at all. You make it cool. Like, hey, I know you want to go make be the next Martin Scorsese or whatever, but you can make these things too and actually get your name out there. And, and they're like, hey, I want to do that. Like, you needed that bridge. Now you hire yeah. people that are good at their job from outside. And then you can make that bridge and tap into that resource that's at USC. I don't think they were going to be able to do that before. And you and anyone you hired from there, they would be learning on the job. Now you got people that have done it, and you could yeah. probably get these good people that are already at your school, teach them what to do, and be part of that staff and go forward. So and build, you know, then you build a tradition there. 
that you do want to bring in people from the cinema school and all that. Right now, I don't think you're going to be able to. You you hire yeah. these two guys. Now you can. Yep, exactly. The, the next Ryan Krugler, you know, the director of the Creed yeah. movies and Black Panther who went to USC. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, also, I'd like to point out, uh, we haven't talked much about it. We talked about the hype videos those guys did, which were incredible. But this is not just about creating a hype video once a week. This is about creating videos for recruits, specific mm-hmm. videos, you know, that are sent out, the coaches sent out to recruits, you know, through DMs or whatever. This is about, you know, different marketing stuff that they're going to do that they'll put out on the USC Twitter and, and different things like that. Um, it's about having specific recruit video for videos for recruits. And a couple of people talked about this uh, uh, about at LSU, how they would take a, the tour or whatever. You know, one of the last things they would do is there was a specific video that they would show to recruits about the program and stuff that was created by the video department and stuff. So I, I think it's more than just the hype videos in case anybody is getting that a little bit confused and think it's just, hey, they're just hiring them for this. No, they're doing a lot more stuff that's going to include marketing and recruiting and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um G-Mart didn't like our facial hair. He put, <laughs> up there. I don't blame and, and him. Ke- and Keely mentioned it, but l- let me bring it up. Steve from from uh, from Twitter asked about the Ryan food analogy. Actually, is a food analogy in the form of a question. He said, now that we seem to have Wagyu beef, fresh lobster, farm-to-table veggies, speaking of USC, will Helton add too much pepper and forget the salt? Or is this a no-brainer for him to succeed with the talent on the field? I think it's a really good analogy because you can have all the best ingredients. You're making this amazing stew and you like, you try to put some salt in there and it's oversalted. You ruin everything, you know, and uh, the seasoning can be very important part of the dish. And uh, I recently just grilled some filet mignon. I had (laughs) twice did it first time it was cooked perfectly, but I under seasoned it. And this last time I did it, I put cooked it really well again. Did a reverse sear on this one. It was really good, and had a and, and but it was seasoned so much better. And it was you know even though it was cooked about the same, the seasoning made a big difference. I think it's a really good point. This has to be seasoned well because you need it to all work together. He's got to be the CEO, and you know what is he really doing right now? It's going to be his job to bring it all together. You're watching the last dance, and you see what Phil Jackson's able to do with all that talent. I'm going to let Dennis Rodman go to Vegas and go on. You know all these things you have to do. Phil Jackson had to add that seasoning to make sure everything worked. All those great ingredients he had worked. And I think Clay Helton is going to have to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We have a question from Rick Hale who says, do you think USC could have three 1,000-yard receivers this season? No. I mean, that's that's pretty aggressive. But, I mean, I... We're close last year, right? Was it close? Uh, maybe not. Maybe the third receiver was probably lagging a little bit. I think there were three above uh, 100. I mean, 800, excuse me. Okay, three above 800. Okay, three above 800 is legit. Um, Four above 100 against UCLA. Right. Yeah, there you go. Um, We have multiple questions about what do you think uh, Keaton Slovis' odds are for the Heisman Trophy? Huh. Uh, Early on, it was, he was in the top like four or five, and then that sort of dropped down. I did a story on this like a while back. He was, so I think in the top, 12, 13, 14, something like that. He, he was in the top 15 uh, for that. And now we just don't know because we just, you know, what's going to happen and stuff with the season. But he's he's going to be mentioned. Um, and then if he comes out of the gate and plays well against Alabama and say maybe they lose by a touchdown, but he throws for like 375 yards and four touchdowns, like, and then you go on and win a whole bunch of games, that's going to look good. And, and he'll be able to move up there. It, 
they're going to score a bunch of points, I think. So as long as he stays healthy, he's going to, and, and USC's got to win some games. They'll be in the mix. Like you lose close to Alabama and you go on some streak, you, you maybe you win on the road at Oregon, you're going to get a lot of attention. You know, if it's, if it goes the way I think it's going to go and you end up losing the, the bigger games, then if, if he has big numbers, it's going to be hard. But you win one or two of those bigger games instead of losing them, he can be right up there. Now, it's definitely got a shot. Now, going back to the receivers real quick, uh, there were three with over 900. Tyler Vaughn oh. at 912. Amon Ra was above 1,000, and Pittman had nearly 1,300. So, yeah, definitely a real possibility there. Okay, yeah. And I didn't think with, it was that close. How many quarterback changes last season? Yeah. If you had a consistent quarterback finding his targets, you never know. Yeah. Um, this might be a stretch, but can I just go back to the whole Heisman conversation? Yeah. Obviously – Winning has to happen. You have to do well on the field. But I think having a branded social media campaign can help in the Heisman conversation if Keenan does get to that level. Because I just think of Christian McCaffrey, and I still think he should have won the Heisman, but he was just on the West Coast. He was kind of smothered by the Pac-12 network, if you will. And if you have a huge campaign, social media campaign, where people can wake up and see the highlights of Keenan Slovis beating U of A or something like that, I think that helps and that can help the conversation. So I, it's another th- way that having an established media brand, a, s- a media factory, if you will, can help uh, your team out in the long run. Yeah. Like did uh, Joe Burrow need the hype when he threw for 60 touchdowns? <laughs> no. But if no. Keaton Slovis is right in the mix with other guys, I think those hype videos can really help, you know? Who knows? Yeah. We got the Lurchness Monster saying, hey, what's up, Georgia Nation? What's up, man? Hello, hello. Put you up there. Um. That's pretty much it, unless we want to go to non-football questions. <laughs> uh, I got one here we'll pull up uh, about uh, Shotgun's favorite, uh, the, the his Heisman pick, mm. uh, Stephen Carr. Speaking of Heisman picks. I think it's uh, – I don't know if it pulled up there. Here, I'll just read it for you. It didn't pull up for some reason. Um, Hippo Cracker says, yeah. can Stephen Carr return to form running back to you? I mean, he's never been quite the same since the back injury. And the way that they're going to use multiple backs, I don't think he's going to get back to being the, you know, to being potentially the Heisman contender that I thought he would be coming out of high school. Uh, But can he be a really successful back for USC? Yes, I think he can be. But he's got to, he's got to do a little bit more attacking the line of scrimmage instead of dancing sometimes. So that's one thing that, uh, that he would, in trouble with a little bit last year. Now, if they're better in this offense and they use him a little bit more, I think that you know he can be a dynamic weapon for him, catching the ball in the backfield, doing different things. Um, he can he makes the first guy miss. You give him a little bit of space, he's going to make that first guy miss. Now he just doesn't. If you can make sure he doesn't have the second and third guy there, which seemed to be the case so often a couple of years ago, uh, and sometimes he was dancing a little bit too much this past year, allowing that second third type of guy to get there. Yep. All right, I think we should uh, wrap it up. Pretty good show. Um, sorry about the Facebook and the, uh, the Periscope yeah. issues. Uh, I'll take a look at that, but I'm glad YouTube was, uh, working well. Uh, Raphael, Raphael's one of those guys that thinks, uh, Alabama's not going to be as good. Alabama's still going to be pretty darn good. I know they lost players, but you know. They're still coached well. Yeah. That's a big factor. Never meant to talk about like hiring people that are good at their jobs. Nick Saban turns out he's really good at his job. And pretty good. when you get the number one, number one, number one, number two, number one recruiting class, and you lose a bunch of guys in the NFL, you're probably going to be able to replace those guys. So um, they also have a future Heisman finalist there as well in Bryce Young. 
Ah, very interesting. Laying yeah. it down, shotgun. Nice. But I'll hold you to it. I'll I, hold you to it. I think we had a question earlier. Tua's brother, I think we might have been Coley put this up. Sorry, Coley didn't put it, but Tua's uh brother, younger brother, apparently has entered the transfer portal. Yeah. Um I haven't oh, heard yeah. anything about USC being in the mix for that, but have you guys heard anything? USC was not really recruiting him coming out of high school. Um and I saw him at the Polynesian Bowl. Um Ryan, I don't know if you Remember him at all from the Polynesian Bowl? It could easily you could have easily missed him because he, he didn't do that much uh, yeah. there. You know, it wasn't that impressive. He wasn't Tua, um, so him going to Alabama, it always kind of felt like, okay, this is just bringing your little brother along. Don't know if there's actually going to be playing time opportunities there, which I think he's learned, and that's why he's entered the transfer portal now. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. Thanks. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, we should have a couple lunch with the Trojans, at least one this week. Yeah. Someone want to know what's on the menu for lunch with the Trojans. Yeah. Mm, like, like, um, see, that's of course there's a food analogy. Yeah. We're, uh, working on, uh, I'm not going to, you know, name any names, but we're going to work on some people, uh, okay. potentially getting on there. Um, yeah, we, and we did, we've had a couple uh, prospects come on. So I think we might look at doing that as well. So uh, I'm gonna try to knock a couple of these out this week, and people seem to like them. So you know we'll keep rolling with them. We'll we'll keep make sure doing our show. I think next week might be an eight o'clock one as well. Do it afterwards because I'm supposed to golf again. So <laughs> it seems like it'll work. It. <laughs> Someone did ask who's the better golfer. Like you guys don't even golf, right? So it's not a. Last time no. I golfed was in like seventh grade PE. Yeah. So hopefully I'm better than them. If not, then I, I honestly don't understand any game where the better I hit it, the further I have to go to get it. Yeah. I want to hit the ball and you go get it. That's so that's, that was what makes sense in sports. The better you hit the ball, the more someone else has to run. Not the more I have to walk and try to find this thing. Wait, so point. social distancing golf, you everyone has to walk basically. And sometimes they'll have carts for one, but you want to be the one that hits the ball last. So if you hit your drive the furthest, you want to walk up to, you know, and I want to walk up to the other guy's ball, wait for him to hit. Then you walk up to the next guy's ball, wait for him to hit. Next, time, And then they, then they got to wait for me and I'm the last one because that means I went the furthest. So that's, that's or, what you want in this one, Shaka. I hit the ball, you go chase after it, and I stay where I'm at. <laughs> or I trot around the bases, you know? Yeah. Nice short yeah. trot. Yeah. What about a, a club flip? I'd play golf if you could start flipping them. You can, like, uh, sometimes if I, like, crush a drive, I'll, like, I'll ride the uh, driver like a pony. You just kind of throw that. Or, or if you, like, make a long putt, you can do, like, the, the Zorro thing. Yeah. Wow. It's Interesting. Good. Maybe uh, we need to go golfing together. With it is, it's pretty fun. And you have a few beers out on the course. It's great, you know? Okay, it's, uh, good to And know. it's social distancing. Like, you're, like, out there. Basically, you're walking in a park by yourself. Like, it's great. Where um, you go? Yeah. I don't know. Doing something. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of the house and, and you know, driving. Everyone's getting driven crazy. But mm -hmm. uh, they got all these rules. It's crazy. But I'm glad that the, the courses or stuff are open in L.A. So, hopefully, everyone's out staying safe out there. Yeah. Um, we're getting a little silly, I guess, here at the end of the show. Delirious. Yeah. Make sure you check out the USAFootball.com. Lots of, we're putting up tons of content all the time and we'll put up more of these shows and check it out. See, the YouTube one seems to be working well. I'll play with that and yeah. see what's going on with the Facebook stuff. So sorry about that. But that's Shotgun. That's Keely right here. Uh, I'm going to the other way. It's over here. Sorry. Uh, shotgun, Keely. I'm Ryan. Thank you guys for tuning in and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.